0: Welcome to Illusions. Today we have a special episode planned, the one I've been super excited to do because I've been a long-time fan of the PBS show Downton Abbey. For uh, many years, I've been writing about the show since 2014. You may have read uh, some of my articles on either my website, ianthomasmalone.com, or the Downton-specific website, Downton World, that uh, I started along with my friend Roberta from Downton Memes which was uh, created, basically, uh, we wanted to do recaps of Series 6 without spoiling it for the American audiences, but the film has finally arrived, had a chance to see it a couple times, and I really wanted to do a podcast episode breaking down all the various plots uh, in the film, what worked, what didn't work. I know that people have really enjoyed the film, I gave it a uh, very enthusiastic review, which I'll post in the description. If you haven't gotten a chance to read it, you may want to do that before you listen to this episode. Uh, As I'm a very big Downton Abbey fan, this episode will be geared toward longtime fans of the series. Just like the film was one of those adaptations that wasn't at all geared toward new fans of the series, if you didn't know anything about Downton Abbey and you sat down to watch the Downton Abbey movie... You might enjoy it, but you certainly would not know what's going on. And that's honestly probably the only way that a Downton Abbey film would have really worked. As a film, the Downton Abbey movie functioned basically as one of the uh, Christmas specials that ended uh, seasons 2 through 6. Uh, really specifically the the Christmas specials where they do a fair bit of traveling, like Series 3 when they go to Dunegal or uh, Season 5 with uh, Rose and Atticus's wedding. This film was really just an excuse to get the gang back together. And for uh, those of us who missed Downton, that was really all we needed. Two more hours spent in Downton with uh, a handful of really delightful subplots and a main plot that felt fitting of a feature release without taking over the entire narrative. Downton Abbey, the movie, was a film about the king and queen coming to Downton, but it's also really not a film that was about that at all. They were there, it happened, all of it was centered around that, but there wasn't really uh, much, all, all that much suspense surrounding the visit. King wasn't—he supplied some of the drama, but uh, not very much. And that was, uh, that was really the perfect way to go. This was uh, this was a gift. *Downton Abbey* as a show was about change. Change was uh, serving as kind of the undercurrent of the show throughout its entire run. The the fall of the aristocracy, the fall of uh, professional service, and the great houses, all of that. *Downton Abbey* the film we see a little bit of that at the end, but not 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 a heck of a lot. In fact, I I almost felt like uh, when when Lady Mary brought up change first to Anna and then to the Dowager, in the later stages of the film, it felt as if uh, the show was I mean uh, it felt as if the film was making a nod to uh, its its old theme, but down as a narrative really is is kind of complete, and I don't mean that as we can't have. Uh, more stories but but in terms of the ball being moved forward it's not a series that really wants to uh it, it, it's done that the season six finale was uh really wonderful in a lot of ways because it, it, it did set each and every character on their own path to where they'll go in the future for the film and any other future film that really airs for that matter not really about change it's about the status quo And we saw that really in the opening few minutes of the narrative. So when we left these characters at the end of season six, we had uh, Thomas Barrow, who's one of my own personal favorites. I love, uh, as a gay person, that really shouldn't uh, surprise anyone, but I really loved his arc. It was rich. Uh, I was even just watching some of the old season two episodes the other day. And Barrow's come a long way from his uh, days scheming with O'Brien, that's for sure. And he left at season six, he was butler. And Andy was really supposed to be his, uh, not only his right-hand man as footman, but it was really just kind of supposed to be the two of them, which at this point in the aristocracy, it wouldn't have been unusual for there to just be a butler and a footman. Footman as a job by the 1930s were really becoming rather quaint, uh, even for an estate like Downton. It's home to an earl. The film made quick work of reestablishing the pre-finale status quo. Carson comes in almost immediately, and the film the film kind of acknowledges that what Lady Mary did by saying uh, Barrow's not up to the task wasn't really all that fair. We can sit there and it, it was it was manufactured. In fact, if you think about the broader plot line of uh, the king and queen bringing their own servants, the idea that, that Carson would have ever been needed at all is kind of ridiculous. So, uh, w- at least in the film's first act, you have uh, kind of the, the really contrasting currents of, Barrow's not up to the task, we need to bring Carson in to do this, contrasting with, oh, we don't actually really need any of these servants. It seems as though really Bates and Anna... Uh, were're were really the only ones with with specific uh, duties that weren't usurped by the royal staff lesser extent Pat Moore who was uh, supposed to be entrusted with uh, cooking cooking the servants' dinner not 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 for the royal family but one thing I found interesting about the Carson Barrow Butler dynamic was it, it seemed a little I don't want to say contradictory but if you think about the way that, Carson was transitioned from Butler to sort of retired overseer that Lord Grantham and Lady Mary had tried to uh, suggest in the the finale with Carson even saying that such a, such a process wouldn't work because a Butler wouldn't take the job under those circumstances. It seemed as though uh, Barrow was brought in as a way to kind of keep Carson as a, uh, a uh, figure who watched over the the big picture of Downton, and also wouldn't wouldn't be annoyed with the fact that there would be sort of someone above him. So the the, the finale kind of uh, painted a picture where where Barrow would would at least understand, if not be super enthusiastic about the idea that uh, in, in in a case of a big event, Carson would would oversee it. Granted, that's not the way that this this particular instance played out, but if you just go back and watch the finale, it, it, it's very clear that, that the Crawley family wants Carson to still be involved in, in big events, and it's also simultaneously hard to imagine there ever being a bigger event than the King and Queen coming. So I think some of the drama between... Uh, Carson Barrow and, uh, Lord, his lordship early on was, uh, ser- serving, uh, was, was there more to serve the idea that Barrow had, uh, other things to do with the plot than, uh, a, a logical sequence of events established from the finale, which, which would be the preceding source material. I was about to say the episode before the film, but film is not supposed to be an episode. <laughs> The film was also not at all concerned with Mosley's uh, past as a school teacher bringing him back almost immediately. They did acknowledge it. What we didn't hear was Mrs. Pat Patmore's Bed and Breakfast, which was a substantive plot of uh, uh, season six. But this is a movie, a really just essentially a greatest hits movie. It was bringing everybody back together. We didn't need to hear about Mrs. Patmore. We didn't, uh, what what she was doing beyond beyond service. They may have spent Season 6, a lot of these characters, planning for a post-service future, but the film cannot take place in a post-service world. So Mosley's back. Pat Moore is fully in the kitchen. They had kitchen, kitchen maids, too, and that that was apparent from the beginning, even before the royal visit was announced. And if you are a, a big Downton Abbey fan, you'd know that right in Season 6, they immediately there weren't any uh, kitchen maids. Right from the start of Season 6, it was just Mrs. Patmore and Daisy, a big far cry from either the early days or even uh, series three and four when Ivy was a, was a main character. So they get the band back together. And that, that naturally kind of has to come at uh, a cost to Thomas Barrow, somewhat sad. But Barrow's also a character who often was, was forced... Four of the six seasons of Downton have a major plot where Barrow is expected to leave Downton. You have season one where he gets caught stealing and then he joins the army. You have season two where uh, the convalescent home wraps up and he's supposed to leave, and then he ends up hiding uh, Lord Grantham's dog Isis so that he can go and find him, so that Lord Grantham will give him uh, a chance to replace Bates. Then season three has him serving as the valet mr barrow not a footman but then they have the uh problem where uh bates is coming back and then J- uh, jimmy under pressure from o'brien is uh claiming foul play and wants him sacked without a reference and then of course season six straight from the get-go who needs an underbutler anymore they start to downsize and that 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 last one was, was somewhat, somewhat silly in the, in the sense that uh, they hire Andy as a footman at the end of the Season 5 Christmas special. He had made his first appearance in the episode before that, the, uh, I guess, penultimate episode of Season 5. There was a Christmas special afterward, but they're at uh, Grantham House in London. They bring an extra footman to help with the, the duties, and he ends up going out a lot with Barrow and Denker which was uh, certainly a lot of fun, but Andy comes in at season, they hire a footman at the end of season five, and then the exact start of season six, they need to start about, uh, they need to start thinking about economizing Downton, so that was always kind of interesting, so Barrows always kind of had a uh, not-so-steady place in the house, he doesn't he hasn't always fit totally in the dynamic. And that's kind of maybe why, especially in the later seasons, he's making uh, Miss Baxter give him Intel for really no purpose. It doesn't really seem like he's uh, trying to to climb up the ladder anymore. And if he were, it would seem as though he'd have Baxter grafter uh, Carson, but the the Barrow Bates feud continued. We don't see that in the film. There's no Barrow Bates fighting, thankfully. I think Bates shoots him a dirty look. And just just for Bates fans, I I really have always hated... I wrote it, even wrote an article called I Hate Mr. Bates. I'm not at all a fan of that character. But Barrow... It made sense to kind of give Barrow his own plot line because they had to bring Carson back into the fold. We need to see Jim Carter. Fans love him. It made sense to bring him in. And we finally got to see Thomas have a really sweet gay plot line that didn't ignore the realities of that era. It's a tough time to be uh, gay. I mean, st- still can be pretty tough, but uh, he got to have some happiness and uh, he also got to be Thomas mouthing off to Lord Grantham and then to Mr. Carson in a way that uh, Lord Grantham was impressed. Mary, Mary goes, will you sack him? No, I am I didn't expect Tom to be a man of principle. He says something along the lines of that. That was certainly fun. And the <laughs> it says a lot about about where Downton was trying to uh, establish its uh, dramatic stakes that such a such a major role of the plot was taken up by the idea that the servants their big narrative the servants major major story arc in this film was uh, fighting with the royal staff over the rights to uh, serve serve the upstairs dinner, that was really that was one of this this show's uh, one of this film's dramatic anchors. And I I think that that sounds kind of low stakes. It sounds the more you think about it, the more ridiculous it sounds, especially when you consider how mutinous. I mean, Carson calls it treason. He's not super duper wrong. They were. Uh, committing uh massive insubordination not only to the uh royal household by screwing with their servants but also to their own employers uh the Crawleys, by really playing with fire with uh drugging the cook locking the page of the back stairs mr wilson who was a fun character they lock him away and uh that's, that's a pretty brutal... And, and Mosley speaking out at the dinner, which was funny, but also... Mo- Mosley's another one of my uh, absolute favorite characters. I love Kevin Doyle. He's a brilliant physical comedian. And uh, I spent the the interim between seasons three and four wondering what was going to happen to him after Matthew died, but uh, they have Mosley look like a fool. So I, I, I think the plots were uh, all a little silly, but that's what we what we wanted. It's a film that came out in September, just like the series used to come back in England. But uh, this really, it had all of the air of of your average uh, summer summer fluff film. This was a fluff film, and I, I, I say that in in the most complimentary fashion because we didn't need, uh, we didn't need death. We didn't need Spanish influenza. We certainly didn't need the Dowager dying. We'll talk about that. Uh, closer to the end of the podcast, uh, her her medical diagnosis, but the film the film knew what it needed to do, and it knew uh, certainly what it needed uh, what what it probably shouldn't shouldn't go near. And for the key players, it it really if you look at like for example um, Robert, Cora, and Mary, all are essentially. Have have their plots tied into the the king and queen's visit, and for Mary at least that's fitting. So so her husband Henry Talbot was basically not in the movie. He only appears at the the very tail end. Matthew Good, I I I've heard that it was because he was filming uh, Discovery of Witches. I'm not a hundred percent sure. That is a really great show. I would have loved to have seen him more in the movie. Uh, it is also just just kind of worth noting the fact that um, Henry Talbot didn't marry lady mary until the uh second to last episode of the series so the season six if you want to call it a finale if you want to call the christmas special its own thing uh or it's the second to last episode um season six episode eight just for context so the only episode of downton abbey in which henry talbot totally lived in downton abbey was the finale final episode of the series And I, I, so I personally wish that they had gotten married earlier at some point in uh, maybe at the tail end of season five. Uh, we didn't see Lord Gillingham or Charles Blake at all in the movie. Uh, they wouldn't have fit except like maybe in a cameo role, but I don't think anybody needed that. I would have loved if uh, I mean, I kind of get they the the show's. The show had done a good job in the post-Matthew years of giving Mary two, two tracks of plot. You had uh, Mary as as the future um, custodian of Downton, and then also her love life, and and Lord Gillingham and, and Charles Blake did uh, fit that role, but Henry Talbot was just such a natural fit for her, and uh, they didn't really get into their—I don't think he appears until the fourth episode of the final season— again after appearing in the Christmas special of the fifth season. We didn't get a super amount of time for their courtship. To some people, that's not really too much of an issue. I would have loved to have seen more of him in the movie, but they managed to keep Mary busy by preparing for the Royal Visit, which was uh, certainly fun. Um, she's a she's a really... Uh, Michelle Dockery is a great actress, and Mary Mary's the anchor of the show. I know there's people who uh, hate... How cruel she was to Edith—that's certainly valid. But uh, Mary, Mary's been allowed to be the the strong-willed, sensible, responsible uh, caretaker of Downton in a way that her father really couldn't be. Uh, tied to the past a lot, fighting uh, Tom and Matthew in the third season. After all the, especially after all the money trouble, then he had his uh, spitting up blood episode uh, in the sixth season. He's supposed to be kind of uh, not retired, but also really clearly not the future, something Dowager hinted at at the end. But for this film, they, they really just kind of got to have fun. One of their big, biggest dramatic moments was uh, having to go out in the rain with Dickie Merton and Mosley and Anna to... Uh, So go set up chairs. That's some really, that's some riveting drama. And yet it was just so, so fitting. It was so lovely to see them at dinner and to watch Isabel and Violet trade barbs and say, oh, here we go. Everybody knows what's going. It's like, it's like going to see the Rolling Stones in in concert. You know what you're going to hear? They're going to play the hits and you're going to have a good time. Ah, I, And maybe, maybe it would have been nice to see a little bit of more of Cora in a in a lead role. She'd always really been a a, a a of all the major characters. She'd probably have the the fewest uh, substantive plot lines of her own. She was mad at uh, Lord Grantham over the death of Lady Sybil because she trusted Doctor Clarkson. She had her brief uh, in season five with Simon Bricker, the uh, Charles Blake's friend who wanted to go look at. Uh, art at Downton but really just wanted to to mack it with Lady Cora but then at the end they make her uh head of the hospital over over the dowager and she really does get her time to shine I really liked how they found a place for a character who really is often just kind of there in the background here she's basically in a supporting role again but there's not really a lot of high-stakes drama. And, and that's certainly okay. Uh, there was, in the beginning, a, uh, a big, uh, big, very high-stakes uh, situation. And if you're a longtime fan of Julian Fellows, of course there's going to be some kind of murder. Remember John Bates and, and Anna just spent... Ha- remember how much of the time they spent being accused of various murders? his wife and uh, Mr. Green, Lord Gillingham's valet, the most overdrawn plot line of them all. Who killed Mr. Green? Who cares? Really I'm not sure anybody cared, but we had to have an assassination plot line which there's a line and I, I laughed as soon as he said it the first time and I was waiting for it when I saw it again and I laughed even harder uh when the parade's about to start and mary uh looks at tom saying what are you doing he goes i don't know what i'm doing and you look at that whole plot line and it makes a lot more sense if you see it again the the major chetwood comes there and he's got the he's got the hotel room that's overlooking the uh inspection of the guard uh green where the, all the chairs were set up and he was courting tom and they set it up kind of well as a um, him, him thinking that it was maybe surveillance at, at breakfast with uh, Robert and Lady Mary. Robert hinted, oh, they're going to send some service to do a background check on Mrs. Patmore make sure she's not some spy. So Tom is going into that situation thinking that maybe he's going to be subject to the same treatment. And Major Chetwood certainly did kind of look like a, if that's even his real name, uh, he, did, he did look like somebody who could have been in that role. Also looked like somebody who could have been totally shady, but uh, that plot line was uh, silly. Most most murders in the in the show are, uh, are silly. This one was also fairly silly. Uh, if you if you ever seen the Room, the 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 cult movie with Tommy Wiseau, the the scene with Chris R where they wrestle the weapon from him and then he's just taken away, and the film doesn't really address that again. Uh, that was basically this and i i think the the real silliness of the murder plot line is on best display when uh the king and queen show up and they've really they've got one other one other car there's not really any security detail and maybe 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 that's totally fitting at the time it certainly was a different world but uh to have this really dire uh murder uh murder situation in place uh contrast with the idea that nobody was really seemed to be that concerned that the king would would be killed that was tom's plot line for the first half of the movie or basically and then he get finds his way into the mix of the lucy smith maid debacle, which is another secret children is another uh big julian fellows uh plot line his um the Belgravia book that he just wrote, which will be adapted into a show, uh, that features heavily into that one. Uh, obviously, Lady Edith and Marigold. He loves his uh, secret children. I mean, that's a popular storyline for period dramas. But uh, Lucy Smith is the maid of Lady Maud Bagshaw, who is a cousin of Cora, who we hadn't seen. Is played by. Amelda uh, Staunton, who is, uh, it's done a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of different roles, but is probably most famous to uh, at least younger viewers for her role as uh, Dolores Umbridge in the Harry Potter series. Now that plot line, I thought was uh, a little frustrating, especially for the Dowager, who has really in the, in the latter half of the series and then also the film. We've taken the wittiest character on the show, who Maggie Smith plays uh, so eloquently, and they've given her just the pettiest of plot lines just consistently. Think about early on. She's trying to shepherd Mary through uh, a tough time, losing, losing the heir, uh, Patrick Crawley on the Titanic, Having Matthew as this, uh, this commoner. She, she's trying to, to, to save the estate, or she's trying to save Mary's inheritance. Shussa plays a major role. She keeps Mosley out of the war, and Isabel Crawley wants to send him into war, but the Dowager uh, lies and uses her influence to keep him out. Very noble. She also pulls some strings to get William Mason married to uh, Daisy on his deathbed. And she also uh, works hard to make sure that Tom is made the agent so that uh, he and Sibby can stay at Downton in season three after Lady Sybil dies. So there's a lot lot of ways in which the Dowager used her powers for good. And then we saw the hospital plotline in season six, which, if you read my recaps back then, or if you just like to go read them now, uh, I hated the how long the hospital plotline was drawn out of whether it was going to uh, be integrated into the bigger uh, medical network or if it was going to stay basically under the control of the aristocracy there in in the village. Uh, They kept that plot going for like basically the whole season. And it pigeonholed the dowager away from uh, something a little more noble. It did kind of start to seem petty after a while. Here she was essentially a villain again. Lucy Smith is... uh, From the time we we see her onwards, she's nothing but sweet and uh, innocent. And uh, there's really nothing anyone could hate about her. And yet... Really, the most beloved character in the series, the Dowager Countess, spends the series uh, spends the whole film gunning for her, and it's funny. We get a couple lines, and it's all fun, I guess. I, I don't have a ton of criticisms about it. I, I just personally wish the Dowager, knowing what a what a big heart she had so early on, I just wish we could have seen a, a, a bit more of that. Although the 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 one thing I would say is the way she was positioned gave so Isabel Crawley wasn't really a uh, given that much to do in the film. I'm not sure where they would have found her. They they the show found a really great a lot of great plot lines for her in the post Matthew era, and she was kind of one of those characters that that could have could have gone a lot of different directions after her son died, but. Um, Having her and the Dowager develop that, that close friendship later on was, was very uh, satisfying, seeing her uh, care for the Dowager in season four when she was sick, and then she got her romance with Lord Merton. That was also a little drawn out. Uh, another note, I was very sad that uh, Spratt and Danker, and Danker was mentioned in the film briefly, not by name, though, just as a as a, a communist who supported the worker strike, but who was cold to her but didn't go on strike during all of that, the Dowager mentions that to the king. But uh, Spratt, played by Jeremy Swift, is really my favorite character of the post-Matthew era, her butler. Sadly, they we didn't get any scenes at Dower, Dower House. Uh, sadly, they couldn't be in it. We also didn't see Dr. Clarkson. We didn't see Mr. Mason. Sergeant Willis, thank God. Uh, nothing against the actor, but really uh, had enough, more than enough of that character. All the murders... Uh, the one petty Isabel plotline is that she wouldn't rehire Mosley after uh, Matthew died. She said she didn't need a butler, and then she took that other guy in. Which, of course, was just so Mosley could be... I've written articles on how uh, I really didn't like how they left Mosley as a footman for so long, which is totally ridiculous that, that, uh, that a man like him would continue to be a footman and not seek uh, other employment throughout Seasons 5 and 6, especially when Jimmy gets another job very quickly uh, at the end of uh, Season 5, Episode 1, into Episode 2. But we all know why that happened. And that's a little a bit of a long tangent, but uh, Isabel Isabel had a lot of uh, good exchanges with the Dowager. I think that was really her her, her primary objective, what people would have wanted to see from the film. Uh, Lord Merton got uh, a couple a uh, couple good uh, bits in for a character who I'm sure most of us don't super duper care about. He's a fine actor, fine fine character. I don't really have anything uh, bad to say about him. The scenes where his sons misbehave at dinner are uh, they drugged? They they put put something in uh, uh, Branson's drink in the third season, and then they were rude about. Uh, Isabel joining their family in the fifth season. That was a... Uh, he's a fun character, and he got, to, he got to have a couple moments. Same same goes for Bertie Pelham, Lady Edith's li- husband. A character who uh, is, is perfectly friendly. Not super-duper interesting, but that's okay. Uh, he got a couple uh, moments to shine. And Lady Edith, I gotta say, I went through most of the show not really liking her. I thought she was a uh, really just needlessly put-upon character. Always upset. Makes a lot of bad decisions. Uh, Anthony Straylin was a really bad match for her in in season three. And uh, Michael Gregson was also a really bad fit. Those are just very unlikable characters. So Anthony, I guess, wounded. Wounded in the war. Just kind of a mope. Very sad guy. Not not a huge fan. Not a great fit for Edith. And the fact that she was just seemingly so desperate was kind of annoying. But she really had maybe the best plot line of the final season. Taking control of the paper and establishing herself as an independent woman and a single mother. Uh, really getting a lot of time to uh, build up her newspaper. Which they then mention that that actually did factor into her character's unhappiness in this this movie because she's pregnant, she feels like her life's uh totally out of her hands as a marchioness. She's got all these all these responsibilities that she doesn't want that she totally wasn't she never really expected either. There was never uh I mean, she had some lingering uh resentment for Lady Mary over the the um who was going to marry Patrick Crawley uh at the very very beginning of the show, but other than that, she was never really expected to uh be somebody who would certainly even uh, outrank lady mary by the end of it but lady edith just had such a great final season and she really surprised me laura carmichael's a phenomenal actress so that wasn't surprising but it was just great to see how much uh how much great stuff we got out of that character and we got we got some good uh she had a good arc in the film for a film that, that really didn't have a ton of time to do super meaty plot lines, subplots, and uh, managed to really give a lot of the characters uh, subplots regardless, but um, pregnancy plot line was compelling, had a good resolution. It's funny that the king didn't really seem to notice that uh, 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 the, the, the pregnancy would affect his ability to uh, go on the tour of, uh, of Africa. But uh that was a lot of fun i uh, I wasn't expecting super much out of out of Edith's plot line in the film, and I was I was surprised. One of the other I, I I still even as, as we're recording, uh, I'm still chewing around with the uh, daisy Andy romance that was best exemplified uh, or that, that that received the most attention uh, through the water boiler, which. You could kind of think that the hot water going off was a way to, to, to give Daisy a bit of a plot, but uh, it did also lead to the funny moment where the uh, uh, visiting chef, Monsieur Corbet, uh, couldn't find any hot water, and he was all angry. That was funny. Uh, it, it seemed a little forced. I mean, the, the Daisy-Andy relationship seemed a bit forced. She loved Alfred, and he left in the fourth season. Uh... By the end of, by, by the second episode of the fifth season, the uh, Jimmy, Ivy, Alfred sort of youth injection that came in the third season, that was all gone. And Daisy was really all that was left of the young people. Everybody else moved on. So it seems a little, I mean, the the age of the character is also something that you just kind of have to wonder because they, they keep portraying her as, as sort of young and uh, the protege of, of Mrs. Patmore, but she's, she's been a around for a while. She could probably get a a job as a cook for basically any house, but they gave her something to do. Uh, Sophie Sophie McShera has been uh, a a great actress throughout the whole series. Uh, Rebellious attitude and always trying to better herself. Her studies were uh, really a a fun fun plot line in the fifth season and the sixth season. So I, I, I didn't think super much of that, Andy. And he's a fine character, nothing against him. We did see Albert the Hallboy get a much uh, much more expanded role in the movie, not to say that he got a ton of lines, but it's just remarkable that the film, I guess maybe not remarkable that, that one of the most popular uh, television franchises in the world got a minor character to come back for a film to get a, a, a bigger role, but... We see Charlie Watson return to the role of Albert, who had been a background character in the servants' hall for at least the sixth season. I want to say he was in a little teensy bit of the the fifth season as well. I actually, in the when I was watching the film for the first time and I saw him, I thought that guy looks kind of familiar. I I, I, I thought that he would have been in the show as well, given that they were they. Gave him a couple lines. It seemed like they went out of their way uh, on a few occasions to name him. He was present with the the mutiny in the uh, the wine cellar. And then he got to serve... Uh, he got to put on a livery, which is uh, unusual for uh, a hallboy in general, but it, it would also be unusual for Downton, which never really did anything with their hallboys. They were mentioned on... Uh, very few occasions just pretty much strictly background characters at no point when uh alfred or jimmy or mr mosley uh left as as footman uh there was never or or even william in or or thomas in the earlier seasons at no point when a footman was ever uh departing did they ever think to hire one of the the hall boys and yet we see albert who had clearly been working there for some time get a chance to shine and uh, i liked that also just from the perspective of it was nice to see the film carve out a teensy little bit of time for somebody who he's not i mean he kind of straddles the line between new character and existing character just given the fact that he really wasn't a character on the show even though he was in the background so it was nice to see the movie put a new character in there in a way that that, that gave the, the the show a sense that that this house really was uh, uh, keeping up with things and they were injecting new blood uh, for a place like Downton which would uh, servants are expensive they may not uh, the show may not depict them as uh, particularly well-off or whatnot but the uh, the aristocracy really found uh, a problem uh maintaining the the, payro- the payrolls of these large staff so it would make sense to bring in a younger uh person into one of those roles of footmen so that you would have to you would could get away with paying them a lot less so we see albert and uh i thought he was fun it was uh they didn't give him too much time and they uh made him seem like a uh, a bit more of a character than what we're used to from hall boys Maybe the Barrow regime is kinder to Hallboys than the, than the Carson regime was. Downton, Downton is alive, and it's not just just living in the past. The Bateses didn't have uh, a ton to do. It was funny to see Mr. Bates get so invested in uh, the honor of the downstairs, suggesting that they talk to Lord Grantham about it early and then uh, playing a key role in the mutiny. I, th- I think if you really just kind of look at that, it, it it seems as though he was doing that because there wasn't some bigger plot line for Bates to do. And he also didn't have... We didn't see a single scene of, uh, of Bates alone dressing his lordship, as the show had done many times, while Anna had uh, numerous scenes, both with Lady Mary and Lady Edith, who does not have a maid... And never didn't have a maid, and by the time Lady Mary got married, uh Anna was was her maid, not not Edith. So she spent most of the show without a maid. I imagine somebody was dressing her at some point, but uh Anna got to be involved in the uh the stealing plot line too by the the dressmaker, which was um That was interesting. They offered some good commentary on how a character like Miss Lawton would work for the royal family, but also uh, would be exposed to all of that stuff and then take some for herself. I don't know. It seemed you could maybe chalk that up to filler, but uh, it was fun. I don't really have any any, uh, any big complaints about that. Then there's Carson. I What can we say about Mr. Carson? I I started to struggle with Mr. Carson around the time of season 4 when Moseley, when when Alfred is leaving to become a chef a plot point which which I guess was was at least in part driven by uh, a need to clear one of the spaces in the uh, Downton households that Mosley could could rejoin because the actor was just so funny and there was so much comedy there. They had to bring him back, and his position previously as valet had been eliminated. So Alfred goes to be a chef, and then Carson is a total dick about offering the footman job to Mosley, who hesitates at first because he's a trained butler, a trained valet. Being a footman again is it's supposed to be humiliating. In fact, like as maybe best illuminated through when he does take the job and he's upstairs and he goes, I think I, I, I guess you have to call me Joseph now. And everybody's like, nope, nope, nope. You'll be still be Mosley. Carson was just so rude about it. And he he said, well, I'm not going to give you the job because you're not enthusiastic. Uh, couldn't even fail to see how humiliating that would be for a man who had fallen so far. And then we see that again in season six where... Uh, Mosley's gonna leave to be a school teacher, and he's kind of like hesitant about that. I, like that's such a no brainer. I I read about this at the time. I also didn't like Carson and Carson and Barrow. There was just you you can understand how there'd be no warmth there, but he was so needlessly rude to him as he was trying to find uh, employment in season six, and it kind of undercuts the uh, scene in the the finale when when Carson. Has to retire, and he thinks, "What about Mr. Barrow? Uh, Will is he up for the job?" And Carson goes, "Of course he is. I trained him." That kind of sentimental line is is really not illustrated through any point in the show. He did have um, he did have some maternal, I mean, uh, some paternal feelings toward uh, certainly William in the beginning, and then also uh, Alfred. Uh, less so for Jimmy and for Thomas Barrow and 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 also for Mosley, and I guess probably Andy too. Not that he was rude to Andy, but I, I, I couple of that with how rude he was to Mrs. Hughes when they were settling in, having to uh, when they started having dinners at their cottage versus uh, the servants' hall. He just he just came across as so pompous and unlikable and. uh Uh, Jim Carter is a fine actor. Uh, I certainly like him there, but they had to have him back. Uh, He didn't get a heck of a lot to do. He was against the mutiny and then uh, participated in it. That's kind of the way a a lot of Carson arcs go. Like when they were going to the fair in the third season, he put up the resistance and then cave during season four when he was going to take them to some museum and they wanted for their vacation and they all wanted to go to the ocean he caved there uh that's 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 kind of the theme of carson but um he's certainly a beloved character so it was certainly uh fun to have him uh in the main house the scene where the servants are conspiring i mean down down has had a lot of schemes and schemes are funny so that was it was fun I uh, I really enjoyed uh, what they found for the servants. Especially just after, uh, if you rewatch the fifth and the sixth season, so much of the servant plotline is just strictly dedicated to preparing them for a life after service. What they're all doing when they're going to move on. And we didn't see that here. The only time we kind of saw that was when Lady Mary was talking to Anna and was, was saying that she was nervous about whether the staff would stay. Here, none of them are really in any danger of leaving. Not even Mr. Barrow when he, talks, uh, when he tells off his lordship. And that's all fine. We, we, we had a perfectly good finale where we got an idea of where all these characters were going. This is quite literally icing on the cake. And we did, we did get kind of a new plot line in the sense of... So Princess Mary is a character in the film who doesn't really, Princess Mary doesn't factor in all that much. She's in an unhappy marriage. They have a scene uh, where they go visit her, which was really just kind of an excuse to get more exterior shots of uh, places that aren't Downton, which is also very fitting for Christmas specials were always uh, uh, defined by a field trip, where they got to go to a uh, different, very beautiful estate, And the film got to do that. Princess Mary's upset with her husband. She might want a divorce. And then they have her converse with Mr. Branson. Where we kind of have more of the, oh, I'm the outsider. These are good, decent people. The kind of stuff that Tom spent uh, most of the post sybil days uh, talking about in one way or another. I personally wasn't a huge fan of having him having them do will they won't they on him leaving for more than more than a season. They had him planning to leave basically in the fourth season, and then he doesn't leave until the end of the fifth, only to come back at the end of the second episode of the sixth season. So he he almost shouldn't really feel like much. He'll always feel like an outsider, I guess, but. Um, to have him continue to talk about that. Uh it's fine, I guess. Uh the Princess Mary it was a it was a fine conversation. Um Princess Mary probably didn't need a subplot. They probably didn't need to to spend that much time. Like it did, didn't spend too much time, but she says, Well, I'm not gonna divorce him. I'm just gonna learn to grow and understand that there are things more important than uh or simple happiness, which it's a, it's a funny situation to be in. Like if you take Tom's, Tom's uh, situation of uh, not being uh, a member of the aristocracy, who also, who, who basically stays at Downton because he doesn't really have anywhere else that he belongs while also understanding that his daughter most certainly does, does belong there. Uh, we're supposed to take that kind of, okay, this, this isn't totally my place, but it has enough of it that I'm, there's there's enough of me that belongs here that I'm going to make the rest of it work. That's kind of where we, Tom left his, uh, it's kind of how Tom explained his dynamic to Princess Mary, who then says, divorce will be very bad for the crown. I'll I'll stay with my husband in spite of this, and I'll grow with him. The only problem with that is that Henry did seem like kind of a dick. And we didn't get any scene really with him. Maybe it was cut. I'd almost feel like it would have to have been cut because between the uh, lunch with uh, Cora, Edith, and Mary and, the, and then and the, her end conversation with him at the ball, it seemed like something something was maybe missing from that plot line. Although we got the scene where the king says, boy, I wish we chatted more to, to Branson, which was, uh, <laughs> I don't know, that was that was something else. That was fun. The Lucy Smith stuff was was fun. <laughs> How ridiculous is it that the Dowager Countess was trying to get Lord Grantham another castle? He cannot afford that. The, the estate tax of, of Matthew's death almost crippled Downton. What's he going to do, taking on some other house? I mean, the movie, the movie was even uh, sort of referencing High, Highclere Castle, the castle where Downton is filmed at. They mentioned that uh, the estate has uh, had, had long-standing roof problems. Part of the reason that Highclere Castle opened itself up for filming for Downton for other things, uh, Jeeves and Worcester, the Hugh Laurie Stephen Fry adaptation from a while back was was filmed there as well, including a lot of the same rooms where Downton was filmed. Part of the reason that it opened up for those is just because there was so much damage to the. Uh, it's a it's a big castle. And the film, better than uh, any shot from the series with those uh, helicopter overheads, those were just absolutely beautiful. I loved those. But they were referencing just the fact that these estates at the time that the movie took place were really uh, 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 fading into the background. It's 1927. The era of service is, is, is coming to an end. And Mary wants to know if they should uh, keep on going. We know that Highclere Castle is still occupied. There's still earls in Highclere Castle. It's it's open to the public. Something that the sixth season uh, referenced when they opened it for a day in support of the hospital. It's been a great challenge for the real life inhabitants of the the of Highclere Castle. The Earl of uh, Carnivon to uh, keep that going. So Robert having another estate, even if it had been in the family for hundreds of years, was uh, always kind of ridiculous. And the show, the uh, the film at least, at least portrayed that Robert was never really pining for it. You had, it was mostly Lady Violet. And to some extent, Cora that we saw at that, uh, that, Dynamic. She looked like she was semi on board. I mean, I guess maybe they could have sold it and used it to uh, pad out Downton's uh, feasibility, but um, it's it's it wasn't super duper realistic, and that's okay. This this world of uh, Downton that we love to explore uh, is not going to be all about what what totally uh should have should have happened or not this is a world where you can make a prank phone call for the royal staff get rid of the footmen and then lock lock the butler upstairs and uh serve everybody serve the king and queen and then uh <laughs> i loved i love the scene at the end where uh they're sitting around the servants hall and mr wilson the the page of the backstairs Saying, why didn't anybody come look for me? Now will give him kind of a stupid excuse. Why didn't you wake me up? Oh, for Monsieur Corbet. Oh, thought you were gone. Turns out it was a hoax. Well, who would do something like that? It was all very, very, very obvious. And Mr. Wilson, Mr. Carson. Uh, everybody sitting there kind of knew exactly what had happened. And also that it was probably in nobody's best interest to uh, say anything further about it and they even they had Carson and uh, not Car- um they had uh, Robert and also Lady Mary asked what had happened and the servants were all like eh, I don't know they even I like I liked how Barrow said uh, I uh, it's kind of a shame to be missing all the fun because to see all the servants fighting for, for, for Downton's honor and integrity without, without the butler that was supposed to be steering the ship, uh, was a little, that was something, but Barrow was at a, was at a gay speakeasy, which looked like fun, looked like harmless, uh, harmless fun, men dancing, having a good time, and, uh, got broken up by the police because uh the police weren't so nice to people like that. Mr. Ellis was uh a, a fun character. He was the well he's he's kind of the valet. He he's kind of like the uh because the king had two valets. He's kind of like the uh valet who plans ahead rather than actually dressing uh the king, but uh he was a sweet character. I would have liked to have seen more of him. I understand why we didn't. That wasn't really something that uh, was in the cards for the film, but um, towards the end when, when Barrow was talking about how he didn't know anybody like him, uh, that could have been a good moment for Mr. Ellis to to maybe hint the fact that uh, his position, having to be able to, uh, having the chance to travel a hell of a lot more than Barrow would as the butler of a, of a great estate in the country, would have been able to... Uh, that could have been fun to explore. Not saying that they should have. I know why they didn't. And then Barrow, Barrow got his kiss. Some, some could say I'm uh, a little biased, but um, few characters in the series have had such a radical transformation from when we first saw them through the end. Thomas starts off the show as basically uh, antagonist to uh, William Mason in particular, but also to Bates and just general troublemaker. He retains that for basically the whole show. He has uh, levels of sympathy, especially when he tries to undergo uh, conversion therapy. They have that moment with Dr. Clarkson. He basically says, look, we can't cure your homosexuality like this. You've just gotta try and make something of your life. Um that that was really one of his most powerful moments. I think the only other character who's totally gone through that kind of just, just radical, totally, totally different from when we first saw them was uh was Mr. Mosley, and he's in a different position because Mosley started the whole show as uh matthew's valet slash butler for crawley house and matthew didn't want to get dressed he didn't want to have someone else dress him so mosley was just standing there and robert has to try to explain to him how the servants have their role to play and that you can't can't strip mr mosley of his livelihood then of course happens when matthew dies not forgetting that um There was that brief moment where uh, Matthew wasn't going to take Mosley to Downton in season three. I think that would have been the first episode. Uh, He said he was too indispensable to his mother, although clearly not because she wouldn't hire him the season later. And then Alfred was going to address Matthew. And then uh, Mr. Barrow and and O'Brien. No, that would have been O'Brien. Mr. Barrow schemed because he was fighting with O'Brien And then because Barrow and O'Brien had fallen out, uh, he uh, interfered with his uh, duties to be a valet, and then uh, his lordship summons Mosley. So Mosley goes from uh, insignificant figure basically there to, to show Matthew about the English way of life, all the way to... Really one of the most emotionally uh, uh, rich characters in the show. Man of immense kindness who plays strong supporting roles both to Daisy in her studies and then Baxter through her uh, criminal criminal troubles. So of course, Downton has to have more criminals. It's a Julian Fellow show. The one thing I would say about Mosley is um, we see... We see the Baxter Mosley relationship in basically the same spot that it was in season four when she made her first appearance. And I I think back to in particular the season four Christmas special, the finale uh the, the finale of season four when they're at the beach and they kind of have that moment together. And that episode's also also uh noteworthy because um mrs hughes and carson take a step into the ocean they say we'll face the future together uh that relationship progressed immensely from that point although not so much in season five until he proposed until carson proposes but uh, mostly and baxter are basically still at that point that they were at in the season four finale now they're just they compliment each other, they say, you know, I you know I have affection for you and they're friendly. I would have loved if, if he had proposed or something. Wouldn't that have been fun? Well I wish. I mean we, we understand why. Baxter is not not a super duper important character. Certainly not, not in the way that O'Brien was. O'Brien also caused a miscarriage in Lady Cora. Boy, this has changed a lot since that. But Baxter was really not meant to be uh, m- much of an important figure. There's just there's limited room. Look at what they did with debateses. The they put Anna in jail because they had nowhere else. They had nowhere else for that character to go. Poor Anna. And she actually really got a pretty. She got a pretty good plot line. This this movie. And as we, uh, head into the home stretch of this episode, uh, it seems fitting to talk about, uh, really the one way that the film moved the ball forward with the plot, and that is with the, uh, news that the Dowager is reaching the end of her days, which shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody that she, there have been a lot of jokes about how, uh, Old the character would be anyway. I'm a huge Upstairs Downstairs fan as well, and there's similar jokes about uh, Sir Jeffrey Dillon, who would have been in his 90s uh, on the final episode of Upstairs Downstairs, still practicing law. Thought about doing an Upstairs Downstairs Downton uh, comparison, but we'll talk about that in another episode. But for the Dowager, she was uh, really too old to, she's getting too old to even in a jokingly fashion, continue on with with this narrative. and It had been widely reported uh, before the movie was made that Maggie Smith didn't want to do it, that she thought she was too old, she wasn't expected to come back. Then they got her to come back. I imagine there's going to be another movie. I would be absolutely shocked if there wasn't a movie. I would even go a step further. I think there's a good chance that this show comes back as a TV show a few years down the road. I think another movie will happen. I I think Downton is too big of a property and too beloved to stay dormant. Just too many people love this. Uh, That's just my own two cents. That's speculation. I would would at least definitely bank on uh, another movie, which could open with the Dowager's funeral. But we had a touching moment at the end. The Dowager said she's dying. She'd gone to London uh, early on in the narrative, and they they talked about that, but it didn't really go anywhere. She went to visit Lady Rosamond, who I guess is probably the most significant character to not make an appearance in the film. Uh, I I personally don't really like Lady Rosamond that much. Uh, She did uh, have, at times, a, a good role to play, they fit her in well with the uh, Mary Matthew drama in the first season. Uh, she worked well against Sir Richard Carlisle, played by Ian Glenn. Sir Jorah. If you listen to this podcast, we're not fans of Sir Jorah here, but we do like Ian Glenn. Uh, Lady Rosamond didn't like him in the second season. And then she also played a, a pivotal role in When Lady Edith Got Pregnant, taking her to Switzerland under the guise of uh, perfecting their French, which was silly, but... Uh, understandably silly, it was supposed to be kind of a ridiculous uh, ruse. She wasn't in it. I really didn't like how much of a the actress, Samantha Bond, was reported as saying she wasn't going to come back unless they gave her more to do. As a result, she was in a lot. She was in way more episodes. She was in as many episodes in season six as she had been in all the other seasons combined, which isn't a great thing. We didn't need that much of her. But she wasn't in the film, but... Uh, within 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 the narrative of the film, the dowager had gone to visit her in London, gotten some tests, and we find out at the end that she's going to die someday. They give her enough of a leash that if they were going to do another Downton movie and include her, they'd be able to. I don't get the sense that that's going to happen. I don't think that Maggie Smith will do another one, but but we'll see. And they announce that she's dying. In a way that that she comforts Lady Mary by saying you know don't don't be sad, I've lived a very long and interesting life, and there's nothing to be sad about and i mean I, I teared up when i when I was watching it. We the audience we can be sad about that, but there's also just a lot to 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 note about the way that she uh really was the backbone of this show for a long time and down as we know it is is kind of over i just said that after i i say that after i just said that it'll probably come back as a tv show at some point but as we know it now it's 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 over this is this is an epilogue essentially she as a character violet crawley lived a very long and interesting life and for all of us uh, listening to this podcast and who have have seen the show so many times uh we'll always be at that we have we have uh six seasons worth of episodes and a movie like community six seasons and a movie we had a lot of time with this character so it's it's hard to be super duper sad about a character who may not be in the next movie but we got a lot of time with her And it gave it gave the film stakes in a in a way that uh, was really absent from the the initial from the actual plot. Bringing the king to Downton was a plot that was worthy of of making a movie, but the movie only existed as a way to give us two more hours. This 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 movie was was essentially the the season seven that we're not going to get. This was two hours of the show again. It, 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 the, tone, the tone was the same. It was a way to get these characters together for another adventure. And that's all it needed to do. But, I mean, a lot of us are going to be sad that they announced that they're killing off the Dowager. But, it's time. For a show that doesn't really have much time. We get another movie. We could even get another movie off uh, after that. It remains to be seen uh, how how much more, uh, how much more of that would continue to be good. This formula worked. It's. uh... I mean, it, it, it wasn't a perfect movie. The Tom assassination plot was very stupid. The Daisy Andy love romance, similarly, not very necessary. The idea that they committed mutiny against the, the royal staff to uh, s- serve them dinner is a silly plot. It's a fun plot, but it's, it's, it, it's not the kind of uh, thing that holds up to much uh, of any real scrutiny. It's really not, not the kind of stuff that makes for a uh, plot of a film. If you look at Gosford Park, Julian Fellows' masterpiece uh, that he wrote, uh, the, the film that really kind of did set the stage for Downton Abbey. Maggie Smith was in that. Uh, this film did not have a Gosford Park-style plot. It was season seven of the show. And that was really what it, what it was supposed to be. I I was kind of, in, in a lot of ways, ready for Downton to end. I, I thought that I enjoyed season six, but uh, uh, I also thought that it ha- definitely had uh, experienced a decline in quality. It felt like it was wrapping up. It had felt like it was wrapping up since season five. And I was ready to spend some time away from Downton. And this film gave gave me two more hours that uh, I, going in I, I just reminded me of, of how much I wanted that. How much I miss these people. How fun these plots have been. It's a phenomenal show. It's it's a wonderful. Silly plot lines and all. Remember Ethel. <laughs> plots can't all be like the Turkish gentleman. They can't all be. can all be super duper wonderful. But it's just such a delightful world. And it's so much fun to 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 play around in. So we we can we can we can miss the Dowager, but uh, we have we have so much to so much to explore anyway. So with that in mind, I thought the movie I thought the the movie wasn't wasn't perfect from a narrative standpoint. It wasn't even actually honestly great from a narrative standpoint, but it was it was great. It was great at what it was uh, what it should have set out to do. A lot of a lot of uh, revivals that come to like Netflix, of of TV shows that have been off the air for years. One of the big problems is you have to assemble the cast. You have to reassemble all the people who have gone on to do other things, which can be very difficult. And as a result, like with Arrested Development or Gilmore Girls, it's very difficult to get these people in the same room. Downton did that. Henry Henry Talbot was really the one exception, but. Apart from that, they got the core group all together to uh, have a lot of fun. So it really it triumphed as a revival. It triumphed as being uh, two hours of really, really fun, I was about to say really fun television, which is essentially what it felt like. But to sit in the movie, to see Downton up on the big screen, I loved it. And on that note, it's probably a good uh, good time to, to wrap up. If you enjoyed this episode, I have a lot of Downton articles written. Type in like Ian Thomas Malone, Downton having to Google, uh, or you look on iantomasmalone or downtonworld.com, You'll find lots of things I've written about Downton, a lot of which I've kind of uh, elaborated, I've uh, talked about a little bit here, uh, a lot of which I've uh, mentioned here, but I go into more detail in the articles. I loved it. I-, I wish, I wish next Sunday there was another movie of Downton coming out. It's, it's, it's just so much fun.